And what I would say is it's personal choice, right? So we shouldn't be mandated to have vaccines. Now, what about the data on this vaccine? All right, this is really important. You guys nearly need to hear this, okay? So you know there's thousands of patients that have had the vaccine, correct? Like 44,000 for Pfizer, 22 had the vaccine, 22 didn't. All right. There's a, there's a really important process where sometimes when you have a vaccine, you actually rev up your immune system and you start making bad antibodies. And so what happens is when you get the virus itself, instead of helping you, you're more likely to suffer very bad consequences because you had the vaccine. This is a known thing. This is why we do not have any type of vaccine for cold viruses because it's, it's called pathogenic priming or antibody-dependent enhancement, has a good name, but it basically means that the antibodies you make actually make you more likely to suffer when you actually get the virus. So here, here's, here's why I say I'll be very cautious as we move forward. I don't like even calling it vaccine. It needs to be called experimental vaccine, okay? Experimental, okay? So, so what we have is, okay, somebody, I want somebody to give me a number. How many people, how many people have had the vaccine for Pfizer and then had the virus? How many people? Because that, that's that critical, that's that critical group. Does anybody want to venture an answer? Good, that's 11,000. He said 11,000. The answer is nine. Nine. No, nine. Nine. Nine people have had the vaccine and then had the virus. What's the most important group when we study as we move forward? The people who've had the vaccine, because this is where we failed in, every, in SARS, MERS, and every other cold virus. The reason we failed, it's not the vaccine. It's the response to the vaccine making bad antibodies, and we don't know until we get the virus. So I, if I could just jump in there. So what Dr. Urso is saying is that if we give millions of people the vaccine, we don't yet know what the effect is going to be when they encounter the COVID-19 virus. In the past, when they've given coronavirus vaccines to animals, when the, the animals did fine after the vaccine, but when they got exposed to the virus in the wild, Many of them, I, I don't know if it was most or many or all, I think it was all of them, they were cats or ferrets, died. It's called pathogenic priming. This must be answered. The reason we're bringing all this science information to you, and by the way, this thing, pathogenic priming, is also known as antibody-dependent enhancement. Even though you've never heard of it, it's a thing. You can find it on Wikipedia. It's a thing, okay? So coronaviruses are very difficult to make vaccines for this reason. So we feel it's very irresponsible to be releasing this to millions and millions of people until that question's been answered. It is still in its experimental stage. It's being authorized to use as an experimental treatment. If you want to sign yourself up to be part of a medical experiment or your parent or your grandparent, that's their choice. I would say as a physician honoring my Hippocratic Oath and it's speaking on behalf of all of America's frontline doctors who came to a position on this. We think the vaccine is utterly prohibited if you're under age 20. Let me just finish. We think it's prohibited under age 20 because the risks are unknown and the risk of death is so low. 
the survival rate in your in the under 20 age group is 99.997%. How can you take an unknown risk of this pathogenic priming? And I haven't even gotten into the question of the fertility question. There's a question of the vaccine can affect the growth of the placenta. These questions must be answered. We feel it's absolutely prohibited under age 20. Between 20 and 49, your risk of surviving COVID, if you get it, is 99.98. For that reason, we also think it's prohibited. These are people still in their childbearing years. We don't know, again, the pathogenic priming or the effect on the placenta. Over age 50 to 69, your risk of your chances of surviving COVID is 99.5. We feel in that group it should be discouraged, the vaccine, because there are other safer treatments that have been out for decades, but it should be your choice at that point. Over age 69, the risk of the odds of surviving COVID is almost 95%. We also feel that early treatment is better, but again, that would be up to personal preference, personal choice, because certainly there is a close to a 5% chance of death with COVID in that age group. And if you decide vaccine is better for you than early treatment, that should be your choice. But under no circumstances would I let my children, I'm a mom, get this vaccine. And by the way, I, I, may I say, I, I want to say very clearly, because I've been misunderstood, I'm a person who's had influenza vaccines every year. As an ER physician, it's required. I've had hepatitis shots, fully vaccinated. My children have been vaccinated, all right? This is different. This is an experimental vaccine with unknown effects, including effects, potential effects on fertility. So, Dr. Gold, I think one of the challenges is a lot of people in this room are going to be forced to get the vaccine. Is anyone here going to a school where they're going to force you to do that? A couple hands. Well, some and and that, that's one option. Is there any legal recourse or do you, are, are you able to speak to that at all? Yeah, thank you actually so much for asking that question. So after being on this journey of trying to bring truth to the American people for several months, I've come to the sad decision that our government can't really help us and it is going to be up to the people to make a difference. Now, I've given you a way it's true. I've, we've given you a way to make a difference. So we've set up a site called stopmedicaldiscrimination.org. The reason it has that name is there's going to be a lot of discrimination against people that go against the public health narrative, right? That choose to say, I don't want to be vaccinated. We want to stop that kind of discrimination. Discrimination is going to come in the form of universities requiring it, employers requiring it, and the first one I think that's going to come is airlines requiring it. I believe if airlines get together and do this the way they've done with masks, it's going to shut down American freedom and human freedom, I think, forever. It's critical. You must, must go to stopmedicaldiscrimination.org or smdpetition.org. We need at least a million signatures. We're going to go to the airlines with those signatures and tell them their life is going to be difficult, costly, expensive, when they're going to have a fight on their hands, when they see millions of Americans are not going to comply. This is what you can do. People ask, young kids especially, what can I do? What can I do? I'm telling you, every one of you has some social network. Some of you have 10 and some of you might have 3,000. You must get stopmedicaldiscrimination.org signatures. We will take it on behalf of you and push back on the airlines. And when we push back on the airlines, we will be able to push back successfully in other areas. Dr. Dr. Urso, in closing, can you just talk about what this year has really uh, taught you about the state of the medical profession in America? Because you've yeah. been in for years before this. So I've, I've done drug development, um, been involved in a drug that actually made it through the FDA, and all I can say is what I see is the politics and the finances have polluted our, our NIH, our FDA, and our CDC. And what we're seeing is that that's going over into the academic institutions, 
the hospitals have basically employed most of the physicians in the country and it's made a huge difference on how people will speak out and for their patients. They're afraid of losing their jobs and I think that's, that's made a huge difference on, on why it's a few that are up here rather than many. But to go to this the, uh, long story, uh, uh, the CDC, they have multiple patents that they actually um, receive money on. The FDA gets 45% of their money from, from Big Pharma. The F NIH, same thing, multiple patents. So what's happened is the fox is watching the hen house, and we've got to find a way to get past that. So Dr. Gold, in closing, what has this year really taught you about the medical profession, and what can everyone do? You mentioned the petition, and you, you mentioned the real risks for people, you said 65 and older, right? And we're very upfront, and everyone knows those risks, but for people our age, should schools be open? Should activities be resumed? And should we tolerate basically the cancellation of entire generation? So over 69, you, your chances of surviving COVID-19 are about 95%. Um, schools should never have been closed. It was the greatest mistake of this whole endeavor. When, when, I got, when I got the first notice, my alma mater, we got a, a notice in the email that it was being closed. I knew that this was a big lie because it made no scientific sense to close down a place where young people were because we always knew from the very beginning, from China, right, from December, January, we knew that this didn't really affect kids. We've only found out more strongly that that's the crime. You know, nothing in life is risk-free. I thought Tucker Carlson's talk last night was incredible. I hope people really, like, took it in. There's nothing that's risk-free. I happen to think college is worthless at this point, almost always. And I'm saying that as a person, I'm saying that as a person who has two doctorate degrees, all right? So it's not as though I devalue education. But for most people, when you're 18 years old, you're smart enough, you're hardworking enough, you can go out and you can make a future. And you don't believe it because you've been told, that, you know, that's not the way. So if you want, I've heard you say this, if you want to pursue like an engineering degree or something like a doctor, of course you need more education. But short of that, I think it's poison. And, I, and it pains me to say that. It pains me to say that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else they can do. Fight. I have one comment that I want Dr. Gold to touch on. <clears throat> There's a strategy they're going to use to try to get you to take this vaccine. They're going to tell you that if you take the vaccine, that you're going to help your grandmother. You want to talk about that? Thank you so much. Um, there's, there, is a, there is a feeling, you know, earlier on they're saying, you know, wear your mask to protect you, and then they changed it. They flipped the public relations aspect of it, wear a mask to protect the other person. First of all, that's, that's socialism, all right? They're getting you adjusted to socialism. Um, <laughs> There's, I, I want you to know that there's, there's really no end in sight after the vaccine, all right? You all, in, in the most positive sense, you're like, well, all right, I'll just take the vaccine because, you know, it's whatever, I'll just do it. You think your life will get back to normal. It's very clear to me as an adult, your life is not going to get back to normal after the vaccine, all right? First of all, the Surgeon General just came out this week and, and admitted it right on Good Morning America, said that the vaccine doesn't stop transmission. Those are his words, not mine. Doesn't, in other words, it's more like a drug to treat the symptoms. It's not actually stopping the transmission, meaning you need to wear the masks, meaning you need to do social distancing, and you have to say to yourself at age 18, why am I listening to these people? So, so, so just know what's going on and make the best decision for yourself. America's Frontline Doctors has a lot of scientific information if you want about lockdowns and masks and vaccines, if you want to educate yourself. Charlie, can I make one final comment about that? So what they're going to tell you is, my mask protects you, your mask protects me. 
My vaccine protects you, your vaccine protects me. My food nourishes you, and your food nourishes me. As you see, the lo there's no logic to any of this. There's no science behind my mask protects you, my vaccine protects you, my food doesn't nourish you. It doesn't make sense, okay? None of that is true. It's a lot of wisdom. Everybody, let's give it up for these courageous doctors. Well done, guys.